Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, Damon Mia. Today, I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. And Mike. Hello. So, um, just like last episode where Sony had some stuff to show, this week we're going to be talking about Nintendo. Nintendo had uh, one of their Nintendo Directs here recently, and we've got a lot of stuff to talk about. It was a juicy one. It was. Yeah, and uh, some announcements were, uh, let's just say, more hilarious than others, and we'll get to those. Uh, but I think we should just kick things off with the very first thing that was shown at the Direct, what, which was the expansion to Monster Hunter Rise. Now, I know, Connor, you're a big Monster Hunter person. How did, you, how did this announcement make you feel? I was still in my car driving. Uh, I don't really have any... I haven't played Monster Hunter Rise yet. I've only played... Uh, I still haven't finished World or bought Iceborne. So okay. I don't really yeah. have anybody to play Monster Hunter with. So, like... I don't know. It's hard for them to get my money, honestly, because it's very much a cooperative game and none of my friends play it. So, Okay, yeah, I I haven't really taken the plunge into Monster Hunter yet, uh, but I do know like people are really excited about this, and I think people have been, in general, very positive about Rise. Even yeah, more no, so it, than World, it's been I very think. well liked. It's actually uh, coming to PC, and I believe the expansion is day and date on PC, which is extremely exciting. That's probably when I'll jump on. Yeah. Okay, cool. I just wanted to get your thoughts for that, because I know you're the big Monster Hunter guy out of our group. But, uh, yeah, after that, I think we got, like, a bevy of smaller announcements. We've, uh, just to uh, go through the list a little bit, we've got Deltarune, Chapters 1 and 2 coming to Switch, which, which is very cool. Very I'm well suited for sure the Switch. I thought that was already out. Deltarune was already out on PC, at least. I thought it was just, like kind of an announcement that it was like on switch right yeah it's not like debuting on switch it's just coming to switch no i think it's already on switch like i think they were just saying like hey this is here and it's been oh really yeah that's really weird yeah oh nintendo okay i think because like i don't Uh, understand why you would release it on pc and then switch later that doesn't really because the first chapter i think came out on everything at once another third party announcement that was kind of amusing to me I think like uh, it was like what like the dying light cloud yeah, version. Cloud yeah, was I'm announced. surprised they they're bringing those west now, which is weird because they don't work here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I, I think that's an interesting solution to the problem of the switch being underpowered, right? But I don't know if it's necessarily like you said appropriate for I most think, people I think it's here. A terrible solution, honestly. I don't selling individual game cloud editions and like not letting Game Pass on your platform sucks. <laughs> Like, yeah, I don't really know who this is for, to be honest. Like, if because like if someone really wants to play Dying Light Two, I'm sure they'd play it on like PlayStation, Xbox, or PC, right? Like, I don't I mean, it's really. For, it's for people that have a Switch and want to play Dying Light, like, I, which is You'd a have small to, audience, but it's yeah. also not very hard to put these. Like, they didn't have to port it, you know? Yeah, streaming, you know. I, I imagine a... it's an extremely easy thing to create. And it's just putting your game on another platform. Right, yeah. It's just a bit of an oddity. And I'm assuming we'll see more of these sorts of things going forward, right? As as cloud becomes, well, at least tries to become more and more prevalent, right? Yeah. Uh, We'll see see these cloud ports of of games on lower-powered consoles. I do wonder, like, what the statistics are. like, Because surely they've done surveys and stuff of people that use these services and, like, I wonder how much of like of the U.S. is what I would be interested in because it's where I live. Like, how much of the U.S. 
has good enough internet to even utilize these things or, or not even just good enough internet, but is close enough to a data center because I know I'm not like I, I gave game pass ultimate a try the game pass streaming. Yeah. Just unplayable for me. Funnily enough where I live now, I'm pretty close to like Amazon's, you know, AWS us East servers, yeah. but you know, like that's not a common thing. I would but think, I, I mean, I'm pretty close to Pittsburgh. I would think that like, I am a pretty good representative of like the median or, or you know, the average American internet, you know, the average yeah. circumstances someone would have. And it's not playable for me, but I'm I think I would agree with that. But yeah, like even in my ideal conditions, like I mentioned, I think last week I tried like Psychonauts 2 via xCloud and it was just, it was too much for me. Like I can understand like some people being okay with that level of lag, but yeah, I was not, I was not about it. But anyways, yeah. we've, we've got a lot of <laughs> games yeah, to sorry. get through. Uh, no, you're good. I think another notable one that, you know, doesn't really interest me, but I kind of want to just mention it. There was like a Final Fantasy Chocobo, like Mario Kart game. Yeah, I announced a sequel. All I'm saying is that Nintendo won't release their own Mario Kart. So Square Enix said, we got you. It seems like it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Final Fantasy and karting are like the last two things i ever thought would would uh have a crossover but here we are you know yeah i mean chocobo racing has been a thing like not the games but like it, i, I think a games, lot of Final yeah. fantasy games you race chocobo so like I don't yeah know, makes sense yeah just thought it was a, a neat little announcement i just um, think that the it final fantasy karting is a hard sell to me because like playing is cloud strife against like noctis that's not a fun it's not. It's not a very interesting karting matchup to me, you know. I mean, some people will be nerding out about that, but oh yeah, I mean, their Final Fantasy has its fans, and I I consider myself an okay Final Fantasy fan. Like, I don't dislike it, but I think that the people who love Final Fantasy enough that they're gonna like buy the weird karting game, I think that might be pretty niche. Yeah. So um, another game I kind of wanted that I thought looked really neat actually was Voice of Cards: The Isle Dragon Roars. And that was like the that's Yoko Taro, isn't it? Yeah, it was a Yoko Taro yeah. like instant buy. Don't care. Don't care about game. anything else about it. Yeah, it looked very cool. Like very, very. Uh, it was like a tabletop video game. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it it seemed like you know like obviously you're dealing with a deck of cards, so like the gameplay will be sort of. Uh, it was like uh, a tabletop RPG. Yeah, but a card game. But a video game. <laughs> but a video game, yeah. Instead of just making an actual card game. Yeah, it, it was also it, Yoko Taro, so it's going to be like brilliantly weird. Yeah, it seemed very intriguing to me, and I, I I was about it. I thought that that looked very cool. The the best cases are when like Yoko Taro partners with somebody else who makes the gameplay good, like Near Automata, where Platinum made Platinum, the, yeah, Platinum made the game actually fun. Yoko Taro made it weird and awesome. Yeah, so I, I imagine that's what's happening here again because card game RPG does not fit Yokotaro's like normal stuff. Yeah, yeah, I definitely uh, have my eye on that one. Another one I wanted to shout out, which you know, it's funny. Like when Octopath Traveler came out, when they first showed it, it was like Project Octopath Traveler. Yeah, and, and then people they did. Like, surely that wouldn't be the actual name, and then it was. 
Octopath well, Traveler's an okay name, though. Like, Triangle Strategy is not a good name for Yeah, they, okay, so last Direct, not this one, but the last one, they showed, they revealed uh, Project Triangle Strategy, which was another kind of, like, HD 2D role-playing game, with kind of like a Fire Emblem strategy role-playing game, right? But they did, like, the full reveal here, and it's just called Triangle Strategy, which is just a terrible name for a video terrible game. Terrible name. Octopath Traveler grew on me, but Triangle Strategy... Yeah. Is going to be terrible forever. It looks gorgeous, though. I love that HD 2D art style. That yeah, me too. It's, apparently, kind of... like opinions of that are pretty mixed. I think it looks awesome, and I also think that the game looks fun. Like, yeah. I, tra- or uh, Octopath Traveler. I played the demo. Didn't really draw me in. The story was not really compelling enough for me to care. At least what I saw in the demo. Triangle Strategy. The gameplay looks good enough to bring me in. Honestly. Yeah, it seems like a Fire Emblem game, and I'm all about that. Yeah, okay. so I think, you know, there were a lot of other announcements. Uh, shout out to Disco Elysium, the final cut. I'm just glad that game's getting on every conceivable platform. Like, I think Disco Elysium, personally, I feel like that is a must-play game if you're into video games even a little bit. So Yeah, I gotta pick that up. I'm glad to see that coming to Switch. Uh, they did announce, like, a content update for Mario Golf, which is neat. They also announced uh, or revealed more of Mario Party Superstars, which, you know, like, you know, we kind of bash on it for just recycling old maps and repackaging it and selling it for $60. It seems like it's going to be kind of fun to play this with friends. Nah, but let me honest. Let me hit you. They were like, they showed two maps and acted like they were showing like a ton of content. This this game has four boards. That's not enough. Like, I don't care that they're old boards. That doesn't bother me at all. Like, I would buy a Mario Party collection. I'm not going to buy your Mario Party collection that has four boards in it. Like... Yeah, four is... That's nothing. I think that's even... I think that's, the, that's, that's exactly what Super Mario Party Super had. Mario Party, and yeah. It wasn't was like, enough there either. It either had four or five. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a shame. But Nintendo's realizing that they don't have to... D- Put forth that much effort to get the same amount of sales. I'm I'm not gonna buy a Mario Party game again with four boards because it just four's not enough variety. Because you're just gonna like <sighs> Mario Party needs variety. It, it needs to be different every time you play it, and four boards is not enough to do that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think this one's a case of like, if my friends pick this up and want to play it, I'll probably be talked into buying it. To yeah. be perfectly honest. It just seems particularly lazy because they're not even making new boards. Yeah, they're like, just like re- remastering like, old ones. How expensive? Like, let's not let's not say lazy because I don't like that. It, it's more cheap. Like, how expensive could it possibly be to remaster a Mario Party board? There's not a, there's not a lot going on there. Yeah, it's uh, there really isn't. You know, like and yeah, it's that's that's all there is to say, really. Yeah, if they no, if they would say like you know four now and we'll release more. Six. Six would be enough for me, I think. Like, I don't know. Four is just so few. That's I'm bored thinking about it. <laughs> it's it's not Yeah, they, they could definitely do better. I, I will it was the phrasing in the direct that really got me because it was like they showed off two boards, I think, in the direct, and they were like, all this and more, and I was like, not much more. Like <laughs> Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so um I think one more small announcement, and then we can get into the really meaty things. Well, small for us. This is probably big for a lot of people, but they did like a Splatoon 3 oh. gameplay reveal. 
I know. Uh, calling Splatoon 3 small is really funny because it's like... I mean, to us, right? Biggest new properties. Yeah. So. I mean, I, I'm sure people were all about that, but I I just... Oh, I mean, I'm going to be frank. I, dis- I hate Splatoon. Really? I just thought I've, it was boring. I played yeah, it. Me, I perfectly it honest, I have never played Splatoon. I just hate it from looking at it. It's like an old man opinion, really. I borrowed Splatoon 2 from my brother for a bit when the Switch was new. Or, when, you know, whenever Splatoon 2 was new. And uh, it just did nothing for me. It's just a... Yeah. I mean... It's a Gen Z thing. Yeah. Okay, so... I think we are now moving on into some of the bigger and more media announcements, at least by my estimation. So this actually kind of made me mad at first when I heard it, but then I was like, okay, it, it makes sense. We got an announcement that Sakurai was going to do an announcement of the final Smash Ultimate this character. The first time they've done that. I, I really thought they'd sneak the sneak the character into the direct somehow in a cheeky way, and I was looking forward to that. But I, then, I like it when they sneak it in, but like the yeah. more I thought about it, I was like, okay, this is the final character for Smash Ultimate. Obviously, it's a very special moment. This makes sense to like yeah. have a dedicated event for that. So I, I was only mad about that for like a few seconds, and then I got over it. But that that begs the question: Who could this final fighter be? This is a monumental fighter. It doesn't like, matter who it is. So many people are going to be disappointed. Yeah. There's, like, there's just, no right answers. <laughs> let's just be clear. This is the. I think this is the biggest. Uh, Smash DLC announcement ever. Like, it has to be, right? Like, this is the last character for the ultimate, you know, pun intended, Smash Brothers game. We will probably never see a video game like Super Smash Ultimate again, being perfectly honest. Like, I don't think we'll ever see a crossover of that magnitude again. I don't so, know if I'd say that. I mean, ever, but it, it'll be a while. It, at least 10 years. Let me put yeah. it that way. At, this is a once in a generation type event. Let's, so let's I, I have there are three possibilities in my mind for the uh, for the final Smash character. Uh, there's one. It's Waluigi, which I think is hilarious, and I move on with my day. Okay, so let me let me quickly interject here. So these Smash characters were decided by Nintendo, not Sakurai or his team. Let's just yeah. keep that in mind. So and Sakurai okay. is the one who said it won't be Waluigi. <laughs> uh, two. It could be a Fire Emblem character, and I will be mad and continue to not play Smash Bros. There's zero chance. There's Come on. Zero. I disagree. I, I, I absolutely disagree. After Bioleth, you think they will honestly do another Fire a, Emblem character? Yeah, I 100% think that there's a good chance it'll be another uh, Fire Emblem character. And then It's going to be Goku. Yeah, the alternative is that it's literally any other character, and I think, yeah. oh, cool, I bet some people are happy about that, and I move on. I'm, with my day. <laughs> I'm, feeling, I'm feeling either Crash Bandicoot I, I'm feeling another gaming mascot. There's no character left that I would be hyped for, I don't think. I think, like, honestly, you know, I'm. this is a wild, wild guess, but I just feel Master Chief. I feel it. I, I would love for it to be Master Chief. I think that'd be cool, but, like, there's they've burnt through all the characters that would be, like, insanely hype for me. So Jonesy from Fortnite? That would be annoying, but, I again, I would just... Br- I mean, Jonesy from Fortnite, I thought Minecraft Steve would be stupid, but he ended up being really fun, so, like whatever maybe jonesy would be cool i don't know here's the thing like with you know microsoft's already playing nice on the nintendo with letting banjo join and i feel like the natural I mean, extension especially with halo infinite coming out in a couple months you know it's kind of the perfect timing right yeah i mean it makes sense but i i don't know i don't think it'll happen speak but I, I, you know maybe i'll eat those words uh i'm derailing but 
did anyone else notice that Banjo-Kazooie was featured in the upcoming uh, N64 games on the Switch? Yeah, that's kind of huge. Did anybody else notice that you have to pay extra to get... Okay, no, 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 we'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get there. Yeah. But, um... Sorry, okay. I'm mad. <laughs> but, okay, it's more Smash speculation. I think, uh... What is, okay, so let's let's put some odds. Is it going to be a Nintendo character or not? I think so. I think it will be. It's going to be Jack Black voicing Bowser. Mike, you are spoiling everything. (laughs) The internet knows already. Everyone knows. I have already giggled about it for at least a week. Yeah. So, you know, uh, a lot of people online have been saying Sora from Kingdom Hearts. God, that'd be the worst. I have no affinity for, for Kingdom Hearts, but I think he is one of the more popular, you know, like, and obviously, like the the survey da- data that came in like years and years ago, before Ultimate was even a thing, is still heavily influential on Nintendo's decisions. I think because like Banjo was near the top of that, and like there were a lot of characters, like King K. Rule, for instance, like a lot of characters on that list that made it into this Ultimate game. So maybe there's a hint on that list for who could be a left. A lot of those characters on that list are interesting too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, none of us really care for Sora, but like. There's I'd rather a, get goofy. There's a huge contingent of people that would go crazy for that. <laughs> Wouldn't they have to like deal with Disney to get Sora? What's the they would, yeah. Like? yeah. And I guess that would make it the most impressive, right? The fact that Sakurai got Disney to play nice, right? Yeah. I don't see that happening. I hope it doesn't. I think Sora would be a really boring choice. On, if they negotiate with Disney, at least just put Goofy in there. Yeah, exactly. Mickey Goofy Mouse? No. No, <laughs> you get, it, it's... It's Goofy. Or Max, Goofy's son. <laughs> <laughs> so, didn't you yeah, have a dog? So, so a joke character gets thrown around a lot, Goku, right? Like, Goku, I think, has the lowest Go- There's chance. no way it'll be Goku. If it is Goku... If it is Goku, I will I will lose my marbles, let me tell yeah, you that. I will I will lose my mind. I don't I don't know what I would do. I... I my life would con- like <laughs> we'll, life we'll, would <laughs> we'll cancel game talk game talk is over <laughs> goku's in smash honestly yeah if, if goku is in smash like let me let me be clear i love goku but he is not a video game character okay uh but if he is in smash that would just i feel like we just live in a in a parody world you know even more so than we already do there'd like, be no better gaming news to cover we we just have to like wrap it up yeah i agree yeah gaming would have peaked yeah but yeah i i don't know for some reason like the argument could go either way right like this is the final ultimate character so of course it's going to be a nintendo character right or it's the final ultimate character it's going to be the most insane one of all right like so i don't it really could be anything honestly it's it's uh it's exciting I, I love ultimate reveals, and once this is finally all said and done, it's going to be sad, right? Like, because you're missing that kind of X factor in any direct. You just never know when an ultimate character will pop up, and it's just so hype. And yeah. uh, having that gone is, you know, it's going to be missed, I think. But yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll cover whoever it is uh, when it's announced on October 3rd or whatever, very yeah, soon. Pretty soon. Like, I think it's October days. 5th, somewhere in there. It's yeah. before Dread. I remember that. And it's before the Animal Crossing Direct, which I'm more excited about than anything else. Yeah, okay, so let's let's move into that a little bit. The Animal Crossing news, they also announced that 
there was an announcement of an Animal Crossing. Uh, All they showed is Brewster, direct. though, right? Or did I miss something? I think they showed like the coffee shop or whatever. That's Brewster. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know very little bit about Animal Crossing right, beyond what was shown in the new one. But I, I think Horizons this is. What's that? I forgot. New Horizons was your first. Yeah, I think this is very much needed, right? Like Animal Crossing New Horizons, like broke through the mainstream in a way a Nintendo game has not done in a long time, right? Like it became like the Pokemon Go of this summer. Yeah, but it was much. needed a year. This summer? You mean last summer? Oh, last summer, Jesus. Yeah, I was going to say, fine. it was needed a year ago. This game has been in a content drought for like... And like, you know, typically Animal Crossings don't get a ton of content updates and stuff, but also typically an Animal Crossing game ships with a full game's worth of content, and New Horizons didn't. It has less dialogue than any other Animal Crossing game. It has fewer characters. It has fewer, like events it has they took yeah. out mini game island they took out a bunch of stores they took out a bunch of just everything like this you know, game is bare bones i don't want to be a com- conspiracy theorist but i think nintendo saw an opportunity and we're like hey N- we don't have everything we want in this animal crossing game but if we release this now it's going to create a bang and it did yeah but but i i feel like if that were the case there would have been updates by now it doesn't make like do you know what brewsters is Ahmed? It's a one-room coffee shop. You know that doesn't take a year and a half to develop. Like no, right, but I'm sure you know. Like they're having a whole direct dedicated to this. I'm sure that we're gonna we better see a lot of stuff. I, you know? I like, don't agree. I don't think that having a direct dedicated because you know they do Pokemon directs and they don't show anything. Like it's just oh, it's more Pokemon. Cool. Like it doesn't mean anything. They're just gonna show Brewster, and there's like a cooking mechanic rumored, but like. It's not much. It's not enough. It's it's. I mean, it's it's interesting to me because again, this is my first experience for Animal Crossing, and I was actually thinking about like once this update drops, I'm probably just going to delete my save and just make a new one. Really? Uh, an experience because like you know, I was super attached to my village and you know villagers and all that for a while, but like I haven't touched Animal Crossing in over a year now, and I kind of just want to go through the motions of the. I can't the, delete mine. I have Anka in my village right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah, I have the ugly hamster, <laughs> the gross one. Yeah, but he's my friend, so therefore yeah. he stays. I am like the Isle of Misfit Animal Crossing characters. Yeah, I, I, I literally had a Raymond in a tent on my island, and I said, "Go away." Wow. I yeah, I can't remember. I can't Damn remember Raymond. who the popular ones anymore, but like I, I remember I had a few of the ones that were like highly sought after, but all that's kind of just lost to me now. I kind of just want to jump back in fresh, and I'm sure, yeah. like I hope, the direct will give me enough incentive to do so. I know you're kind of skeptical, Connor, but I'm sh- surely they have a substantial update. I think, but we'll see. I hope uh, so. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about so? Metroid Dread, right? It was revealed at the last, maybe two directs ago now, but they showed a lot of this game, yeah, a lot of I the environments. They uh, need to stop showing this game. I'm so they have spoiled so much. What I will say though is, just from you know looking at it, the tone of the game is awesome. Oh yeah, no, it's the game looks incredible. I just wish they would quit like showing stuff, like. I think very. I, I don't. I think it feels. Str- it looks stressful in like a good way. Like it's gonna be like. Yeah, I mean it's called yeah. dread, and yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. 
but I, I, I mean, really good. I think Nintendo's really nailing the tone of that title, right? Like yeah. even the the music and the frantic cuts in the trailer, like everything was giving you the feeling of just being boxed in. It was awesome. And I'm not surprised that they're nailing it. I mean, they've done it before. Have you played Metroid Fusion? I have not played a Metroid game before. Dude, you better get on it. You could probably... Uh... The, the reason I paused was because I did start, I think, few, I think maybe Fusion's it was... the Game Boy Advance one. No, no, no. I started right. Super Metroid on the virtual console on Switch. Uh, okay. That's good. Super Metroid is a... I mean, it's the best one, but it's also, like, the hardest one to finish, in my opinion, because it's... Yeah. Actually, it actually asks something of you, whereas a lot of the other ones are a little more handholdy. They give you waypoints and stuff. They're fun. They're very fun, but they're not um, they're not they don't let go of your hand and let you just explore the whole world the way Super Metroid does. Yeah, it's definitely like I know Metroid's a pretty big gap to have uh, in like, you know, in terms of like all the games you play. But, like, I'm coming at it from the perspective of, like, a complete outsider, so I kind of just want to see, like, the reception of this game, and if it's, like, rave, like, how it will probably be, I'll probably just pick it up and play it. I think odds are extremely good. I'm going to like it. I uh, It's made by the same people who did uh, Samus Returns, and while tonally that game completely missed the point of Metroid 2, it was fun, <laughs> you know? It, uh, it made the genocide of the Metroids really fun, which was cool. It did miss the the somber note where you genocide an entire race. Mm-hmm. So, but it was really good. I think uh, I think Dread will get the tone right, especially since they're like not, you know, not copying someone else's homework. You know, they're they're doing their yeah. No, it's it, every every time they've shown this game, it looks awesome. Uh, I I I just you know like I'm sure people like you are concerned they're showing too much. Did you did you like avert your eyes at any point? What? Did you like close your eyes or something? No. So I got to know that Crate is in the game, and I got to know that there's a Chozo in a power suit in the game, and like those are all huge. Like, like we've never seen a Chozo, I don't think, in a Metroid game that is alive. So like, why would you show that in a trailer, guys? So I, I think I know why, right? Like, because Metroid is one of those series that like it's loved by everyone, but it the sales don't reflect the love okay. for it but let me tell you like why that's such a bad idea is like the people who care that there's a chozo in a power suit the people that care about that detail specifically were already going to buy the game like they were already metroid fans who were like into this stuff and were going to buy it and then there's the people that are like what's you know what's the scary bird thing and they're like it's not going to sell them on the game like it's not that cool yeah, it's, it's terrible marketing. It really has made me mad. And like Craig, for instance, like showing him, and Craig's not that surprising. He's been in like three now, three of the five Metroid games. Like he shows up a lot, so I shouldn't be that surprised. But it's still really annoying that like, you know, that could have been a cool retro throwback that surprised me. You know, and it's not. They they spoiled it. Yeah, I. I definitely think it's, you know, it's all marketing attempts, yeah, whether or not that's sad, right? Like the people who care about it, were already going to buy the game. So maybe they should have shown something cool and new. And like, maybe that's, I mean, that's, I mean, this is what they showed to get new people to buy the game. Like, this is it, right? Like, I don't think we're getting another trailer. Like, this is the main thing here. So, yeah, I hope it works. Cause I, I don't know. 
Yeah. I mean, I think it looks really rad, honestly. Yeah. So, and, so. yeah I'm going to buy it. I, and, and maybe all this stuff happens in the first 20 minutes, and I will be less angry. Yeah. I'll get back to you in two weeks. I played it. <laughs> oh, man. It's that close, huh? Yeah. It's like oh, least, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrifying. It's almost October. Jeez. What yep. is happening? I gotta go okay. buy a, a life-size skeleton from Lowe's later. <laughs> they sell think, them at Walmart, too. Yeah, but they're like 30 bucks at Lowe's. I think they're cheaper. Oh, oh my god, I need to go to Lowe's. <laughs> okay, I can't, ske- uh, I can't seg from skeleton, so I'm just gonna say uh, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. I think this was the most... <laughs> Dude, that this was the most pleasant announcement. Most right? out of left field. I've been yeah. on the 3D Kirby... I mean, people have been asking for this since the N64. <laughs> Kirby, it only took Nintendo, oh, how many years? <laughs> to I think it's going to be really good, too. 3D. I mean, I, you know, you watch the trailer, you get serious, like, Mario 3D World vibes from it. Yeah, and l- let me... Uh, I have a soft spot in my heart for Kirby. Like, I can... I fully acknowledge that Kirby games are just, like, good, right? Like, they're never, like, fantastic, like Mario and Zelda, right? But, like... I disagree. I mean, I think there's some really good Kirby games. I think Kirby Planet Robobot is insanely good. Okay, I've never played that one, but from my experience, I don't think Kirby has ever lived up to the heights of, let's say, Mario, Zelda, and even Metroid, from what I hear. The best Kirby games are not as good as the best. Yeah. That's fair. But, uh, I think this is them trying to say, like, hey, this is our shot at a a new take on Kirby, right? Like, because when's the last time we got a 3D Kirby game? Was... Never. Uh... Was Crystal Shard on N64? No, that was 2D as well, yep, right? all been 2D or 2D. Yeah, so 2D this is... This is the first 3D Kirby yeah, game. That's very exciting, yeah. And it yeah. looks like they translated the Kirby gameplay, like the flying and the eating and all of that, really well into 3D, so... Oh, yeah, and the the powers, the way they're doing the powers looks so cool. Like, uh, we saw Kirby, I think, turn uh, Porcupine or whatever and just roll around as a spike ball and stuff. It looks so fun. Yeah, yeah, I think it looks rad. Be- they didn't show co-op though in this and i found that really surprising because co-op's been i I guess it's not really a staple in kirby it's happened in a few different games that uh it happened in crystal mirror is that what it was called it happened in uh star allies i don't know when i when i think of modern kirby co-op comes to mind and i'm not sure oh yeah i think all the one the ones on the wii were co-op so like i don't know i think it's weird that they didn't show that i hope it's in the game yeah, I mean, I think they show, like, Waddle Dees, and usually Waddle Dees imply co-op, I think, but who I knows? Love, you know, it depends on the game. Like, you know, in Star Allies, you could play as any character ever from Kirby, basically. And uh, Kirby and the cr- Crystal Mirror, I can't remember what it was called. It was like a, a mirror breaks or something, and you're in a mirror world and stuff. Everybody just plays as different colored Kirbys for some reason. You know, it's it's funny, when this trailer first started, I was like... I jokingly said the last of us switch because that's what it sort of looked like, yeah, right? It was like apocalyptic. Kirby has a Kirby has um, history with post-apocalypse. Like there's a, oh, yeah. Yeah. And also Kirby keeps eating gods and stuff. So I'm, I'm excited to see yeah. what like horrifying lore implications uh, forgotten lands brings. You know, you find out Kirby is the one that like nuked the entire world and lost yeah. his memory or something. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it, it is cool. This is a very u- unique setting for Kirby, right? Like it's it's a post-apocalyptic Kirby game, which I never thought I would say, you know, like that's a very it's a very Nintendo thing because it's it takes like an old idea and like twists it into a new innovative flavor, I think. Yeah, it'll be an absolute um, day one purchase for me, though. Yeah. And uh, spring 22 release date. Side note, 
at the beginning of this direct, they said this uh, we're going to be focusing on games coming out this year. Almost all the games they talked yeah, about they're all are 2022, yeah. which was slightly annoying. But but yeah, this this Kirby game looks great, and uh, it's very exciting. Like first foray into 3D after what like three decades, which is yeah, first wild. one was on the Game Boy, so that would have been yeah, yeah, very cool. Uh, let's see what else do we have here. Okay, so. Nintendo Switch Online is getting an expand is getting DLC. Yeah. Is uh, it, so we do we know if this is like a one-time purchase for an expansion or is it like you're paying month more I, monthly? Like I don't understand. I don't think they've they called it an expansion yet. pack, which is like a reference to the expansion pack on the N64. So I don't think they have elaborated yet, but if I were to bet money, I would say it's just like a higher subscription tier that you pay each month. If it is more than like ten dollars more a year, they're delusional. And even then, that would be a lot for what. So here's the thing: I think they have a lot of wiggle room here for this to be a success, right? Because like what Nintendo Switch Online is twenty dollars a year right now, right? Uh, yeah, twenty dollars a year or like thirty five dollars a year for eight people on a family plan. <laughs> yeah, which by the way, I think we're still in a family plan. We, we sure are. Yeah, I, I actually. I don't know. I was looking at my family plan the other day to see if I had room to add a friend, and I don't know who these people are. That's so funny. But yeah, so like just comparing Nintendo to their contemporaries, PlayStation and Xbox, who are each charging $60 a year for online, right? Yeah, but I think they also provide a decent service, which Nintendo does not do. I mean, I would argue... I mean, okay, th- so this is a, more of a me thing, but, like, to me, I think most of the value comes from these old games. Honestly. Like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Nintendo okay. Online's value, yeah, that's where all of it comes from, because the online doesn't work. Like, yeah, the online is, I mean, like, certain games have good online, like Mario Kart's online is Mario pretty Kart good. Mario Kart is fine, Tetris 99 is fun, Pac-Man 99 is fine. Smash is abysmal. Like, that's the one, like... How is Smash Abysmal still? Like that's Smash the needed to work. Animal Crossing sucks. It works, but it sucks. Yeah. Like, but it, I think no, it's it's a bad service. <laughs> like uh the one I really wanted to be good was um Super Mario Maker. Uh that online is terrible. It's unplayable. Yeah. But just going back to this announcement for a second, you know, the N64 thing when I heard that, I was like, wow, that's that's insane. This is awesome. But, you know, expected to some extent. What I didn't expect was the Sega Genesis. Yeah, console. the Sega Genesis was a, yeah, that that was was a surprise. Surprising. Yeah, so just very quickly, let me go down the list of games. And Nintendo did confirm that more will come over time. For N64, out of the gate, we're getting Dr. Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, Mario Tennis, Sin and Punishment, Star Fox 64, Super Mario 64, The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Winback, and Yoshi's Story. Sega Genesis, we're getting Castlevania Bloodlines, Contra Hardcore, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Echo the Dolphin, Golden Axe, Gunstar Heroes, uh, Musha, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Streets of Rage 2, Fantasy Star 4, Ristar, Shining Force, Shinobi 3, Return of the Ninja Master, and Strider. Some interesting games. Sonic 2, but not 1 or 3. Um, well, 3 is a difficult Sonic game to re-release. Or 3 and Knuckles. It's just, so. uh, it, it's wild that we're seeing a Sega Nintendo release, you know, like... Yeah, it's if you had told someone, you know, a couple decades ago that this would happen, they would, they would spit on you, right? Like, cause yeah. this was like the big rivalry. 
It's like yeah. in in like thirty years, if PlayStation games are showing up on Xbox, you know, like I don't like think that. it's that crazy though. I mean, there's precedent for it. There were Genesis games on the Wii Virtual Shop, like yeah, that's true. That's true. Or virtual console, whatever, whatever. I mean, it's called. Yeah, like, but this is you know, this is a straight up Genesis emulation, right? Like I mean, straight up putting the, the Wii. Was it okay? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's neat. Um, I'm super excited for Ocarina of Time. Let me just tell you that. I've just been jonesing to play that game for so long, and now I'll have a way to do it. Legit. You people kill me. <laughs> yeah. I have Ocarina of Time. I have it on the 3DS. I have it on the N64. I have it on the GameCube. And I have it on my Wii. Like, I, I have bought this game for... I'm not going to buy this game again. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I've had enough. <laughs> I, I do think it's interesting that Super Mario 64 is on here you, after all the hullabaloo they made of like, you better buy this Mario pack or you're never going get, to get it again. You know, It's like, a better version too. Uh, the one on NSO, uh, people are saying they're pretty sure it's going to have the backwards long jump in it. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's like yeah. speed run viable? Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I, I don't know about you guys, but I loved Mario Tennis back in the day. Never played it. On 64, it was so much fun. Yeah, it was great. I, I I feel like that's just a uniquely you thing of digging through be. that bargain bin for Mario Tennis. No, Mario Tennis is pretty well liked. I just yeah. I didn't play it. I didn't play it either. I didn't even know there was a Mario Tennis game. I think yeah, there, there's a like new the one second on Switch, one, too. There's that's a Mario, uh, modern Mario Tennis on Switch as well. I forgot about the... You see... Most Nintendo games are like fever dreams that I block out of my mind after giving them real estate for about a week. That is fair, yeah. Well, most of the weird Nintendo games, like the sports games and stuff, they're they're pretty fever dreamy. Like the Mario Golf game that was huge for a bit. Yeah. I'm pretty excited. You know, like, I, th- I think this, for an initial offering, I like these N64 games. Like, I love Yoshi's Story, obviously Ocarina of Time, Mario 64, Star Fox 64, like... I don't know, man. This is cool. If they could somehow, some way, get Donkey Kong 64, this thing is goaded. Why could, Why wouldn't they be able to get Donkey Kong 64? Because Rare made it, right? Aren't they getting Banjo-Kazooie, though? I don't think so. I mean, they didn't announce it. Wait, what were you saying earlier, Mike? You mentioned Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, it's upcoming, maybe. It was teased. It was like a, it was like an off the off the cuff tease on like more games are incoming. It was like Majora's Mask. Then the next title that was shown, yeah, was it did show Banjo Kazooie. I don't did they do that? I don't remember that. I do remember them saying that Majora's Mask is coming like next, which is you know again awesome. I I remember them showing Banjo too because I remember thinking to myself like oh maybe I'll finally play it and then I remembered I they, didn't play it and I didn't like they it. They didn't <laughs> say anything about it, but they showed the cover and that was enough. Yeah. yeah, that would be huge. I mean, like, that would be you huge. know, that's an Xbox game at this point. So I think um, um, I think Goldeneye is the one that they're going to have trouble getting. Yeah, Goldeneye is tough as well. I don't know if they'll be able to do that. I like I think they just need Microsoft to play because and also Donkey Kong 64 is so weird because Nintendo owns Donkey Kong, but Rare made Donkey Kong 64 and now Microsoft owns Rare. So I don't know how all that works, but yeah. Donkey, let me. I mean, let me they released Donkey Kong Country and stuff. So, so Donkey Kong sixty four, I feel like isn't really looked at favorably nowadays, no, right? It's not. No. Uh, let me tell you, when I uh, was a small child and I went to like someone's house and they were playing Donkey Kong sixty four, 
that game made such a strong impression on me. I like dreamed about that game for months. <laughs> like I, I wanted that game more than I wanted just about anything at the age of like four or five. That's so, so yeah, that game for whatever reason resonated with me in a way that a uh, few games do. And on that note, uh, Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. Yeah, he is. He sure <laughs> is. This cast killed me. I mean, I laughed yeah. at Chris Pratt as Mario. Okay, so let's let's just back for any for on the off chance someone has not heard about this. They are making a live action Mario movie. No, they're not. It's an animated Mario movie. No way. Is it really? Yeah, yeah it's all done by Illumination. You thought this was li- you thought Chris Pratt was actually going to dress up as Mario? Oh my god, it was <laughs> absurd to me. Oh my god, no! It's, it's okay. Okay, well that makes it slightly better. It's still weird. It's still very weird. <laughs> So they're making big, 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 They're making an animated Mario movie, uh, and <laughs> Chris Pratt is Mario. Which yeah, Chris itself, Pratt voices Mario. Yeah, it's which by itself was hilarious, like so ill-fitting. Oh I, my god! Yeah, I, I'd like I to imagine. Awful. Miyamoto himself came out and was like, yeah, I'm heavily involved in the creative process for this movie. I like to think that Miyamoto was just like, I want Chris Pratt to be Mario. Yeah. You know, like before any auditions or anything, like he just said, like, Chris Pratt is Mario and they made it happen. Like, I, that's I, why I, they made the movie. That, that's Miyamo- <laughs> Miyamoto probably said, bring me one of those Hollywood Chris's. <laughs> I need a Chris stat. <laughs> no, my, my favorite thing was that, like, they, they, when they brought Chris Pratt up, or the picture up, they're like, Mario's going to be talking a lot in this movie. And I was like, oh, good. He's going to sound like oh, Star-Lord? <laughs> that thing, that thing Mario's known for, talking a lot. Oh, good. So, Mar- I- so Chris Pratt is Mario, which is really weird, all right? And then they announced Princess Peach is Anya Taylor-Joy, which actually... Okay, that, that's just fine. Yeah, that yeah, that's that 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 could work. Yeah, Jack Black as Bowser. Oh my! God. I think Jack Black as Bowser is a fine choice. I, think I, that's I actually do too. Yeah, I think yeah. that works. It's just still really funny, you know. That he, you know, Jack Black just you know making growling noises and such. That's that's gonna happen in the movie. <laughs> I mean, he already does that in Tenacious D. So yeah. yeah. I just think like having an all-star cast in a Mario movie is weird. Like it is weird. Like why you don't need this cast? Like it's a Mario movie. Like I, yeah, I honestly part of me thinks it's a weird marketing stunt, but also like this is a really expensive marketing stunt. These are not cheap actors. <laughs> I yeah. think we're missing like the key points here, which is a Charlie Day as Luigi. Yeah, yeah I miss that. Yeah, that's the funniest that one to me. So funny, dude. Like I, Charlie. <laughs> I, I was also partial to Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Yeah, th- I think Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong is the one that broke most people. Like, that just... just I, a- I mean, the reactions are all people in riotous laughter. Honestly, Ke- Keegan-Michael Keegan Key Michael as Toad was really... That got me good. That got just, me real good. Yeah, when I look at Keegan-Michael Key, I think Toad. Yeah. Like, what? It's a weird, it's going to be a weird movie. And then this, this one actually kind of, I, Charles Martinet is doing cameos throughout the movie. And like, I'm yeah, glad you should have just had him do Mario. Like, I don't yeah. get it. I mean, he can't do Mario for long. He's, he's real good at the yahoos and the wahoos, but he, 
any any longer and his voice starts to break up. Maybe every other character except for Mario should have been voiced. And he should have just done the Wahoos for Mario. Yeah, Wahoo. that's well, that's what I expected when they announced it. Uh, like Mario is I mean this this will be the first time Mario's ever spoken a full sentence outside of cartoons, I think. I don't know, there was a live action movie with Yeah, uh, that Bob Hoskins. I, the actual I live feel action like the movie. worst part is it's by Illumination who also did Minions. Yeah, Illumination is the most soulless. Oh gosh, they did Minions? Video. Oh yeah. no. Oh, they also did Sing. Like the, this studio sucks. Nintendo couldn't have gotten Pixar or something. Nintendo could have gotten whoever they wanted. They chose Illumination. Yeah. Nintendo, what are you doing? I can't wait for the inevitable minion cameo in the Mario universe. I can't All wait for the sequel is... that's just Toads. All I know is when toads. when Donkey Kong in it. When Donkey Kong in the movie laughs like Seth Rogen, it's just going to be. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I, 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 I feel like I, we just need to watch this movie. Oh, oh I mean, I, I, oh, I'm going to see it. I, I won't yeah. go to theaters for it. I assume that was already a given, right? We're all yeah. seeing this movie, right? Yeah, no, we have to. Yeah. We'll have to talk about it because it's gaming related, I guess. I, I, I say we dedicate an entire episode to just reviewing the movie. Oh, man, like, I'm not going to a theater to see this movie. I might throw it on a drunk movie. Night. Gonna, when's it come <laughs> out? It's, it's not out for a while, right? Yeah, but... I don't see things. Get, I don't know. We don't need to get into that, but okay. I, I don't see myself going to see this movie in theaters. Day one. You can have it. <laughs> no, it's just, it's such an absurd thing that exists in the, in a, in a, in a, in an absurd world. This is probably one of the most absurd things I've ever seen. Like, it, yeah, it was life changing watching that trailer or not trailer that, that, uh, like it yeah, was, like, it, it was like someone. It was like if Nintendo hired someone, like come up with the most memeable cast possible for this movie, and then they actually took it seriously. Like yeah. that's that's what this cast is. It's just wild that this exists in any way, shape, or form. And the fact I, I feel like I really do firmly believe, and this is my headcanon now, that Miyamoto handpicked all of these actors. Like I yeah. firmly believe that. I think Jack Black is a good choice for Bowser. I think that's really funny, especially because they're probably going to do like lovable single father Bowser a little bit in this movie. It's just I, I doubt Bowser is going to be the villain. Also, for for Charlie Day as Luigi, like, I'm sorry, Charlie is a great actor. But after just binging Always Sunny for years and years now, like, I can't see him as anything other than than if Charlie they, if, Kelly. If they don't have a Luigi work joke in this movie, I'm going to riot. Yeah. I feel like this movie is rife with opportunities of just like referencing the actual like actors other roles. Like it's like a gold mine. Like you can do that for Seth Rogen, you can do that for Jack Black, you could do that for Charlie Day, like Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm sure it won't happen because it'll be a Nintendo movie Maybe. through and through. But yeah. That was uh I think honestly <laughs> This was the highlight of the direct to me, like this this announcement, like what a, what a what a crazy thing. Um, and I think that pretty much covers most of the the things uh, in this direct. Oh no no no! I'm sorry the the finale right Bayonetta three. Oh yeah, I uh, 
type. I couldn't figure out what it was at first. I don't like the monster designs, but there's no world in which I don't buy Bayonetta three on launch day. I love those games. I yeah, love I was uh, I was watching that trailer, and being like, "What is this? I'm not sure what this is." Well, they, but they then she showed up. They, they wanted you to think it was Astral Chain, like clearly yeah. they, they showed a lot of Astral Chain stuff. They showed the police. They showed that dog. Okay. Showed, yeah, and like yeah, that. I don't think Astral Chain made the mark they wanted it to but that maybe that's just me but i don't know i mean people liked it i didn't play it i uh i don't know yeah. I, like astral chain didn't have the uh the character if you know if you know what i'm saying like like bayonetta and dante yeah and nero and like they're they're bayonetta and dante and nero and i look at them and i'm like god that's cool and when i look at astral chain i'm like eh, it's a cop isn't it like Cool, whatever. Cool. Cops are cool. Cool. I um, love the police. Let's yeah. move on. Um, yeah, no, it, I think uh, another, uh, I don't know if you noticed this, Connor, but apparently they changed voice actress for Bayonetta. And apparently that's causing some stir. Yeah, so people don't think that that was Bayonetta in the trailer. They think, I'm going to get into some Bayonetta lore here that sucks. Bayonetta's real name is Cereza. She does not go by that name. There is a little girl in Bayonetta 1 that goes by Cereza that you later discover is you but time traveled to the future and you send her back to the past and people think that she went back to the past, grew up to be another Bayonetta and that's who this is. Uh, that sounds about right. I think, yeah, and, and I hate it and it's stupid, but because it's Bayonetta, the thing that makes me really angry is that it's, they're probably right. <laughs> Because this game is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think, uh, you know, another, it looks, it, I mean, it's looking like to be another fine entry in the, in the pantheon of like, uh, Devil May Cry and Bayonetta games. Yeah. Wasn't Dante, play so well. Wasn't Dante teased at the end? That wasn't Dante, no. That had to have been Dante. It was not Dante. It didn't even look like Dante. It, I mean, it looked more like Virgil than Dante. And I went back and rewatched it, and it's not Virgil. I mean, that would be. I mean, that would be the crossover to end all crossovers, right? Oh, if yeah, that, that would be better than Smash Ultimate. If <laughs> Band crossed over with Devil May Cry, I gotta play these games. Let me tell you yeah. what. I yeah. I gotta. I oh, need to. If you're looking for one that's just like, like if you really just want to jump in and have a really good time, you can't do better than uh, Devil May Cry Five. But yeah. it will kind of spoil the other Devil May Cries for you. And I'm I'm weird. I like the stories. So, I mean, the stories just seem like absolute nonsense. And that's yeah, the kind of stuff I'm fun. here for. Yeah, like, really I love that nonsense. Yeah, I, I want that. Yeah. So I'll probably end up. And I, think, I, I think Devil May Cry 1, 3, 4, and 5 are all really fun. I would just I have that. like the HD collection on PlayStation and I. I think I, yeah, I have Devil, Devil May Cry 5 on PS4. I, like, found it at GameStop for, like, five bucks. And I was oh, just like, yeah. yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, definitely play them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Bandit 3 was their one more thing announcement. And uh, that's that's the direct. Is there anything I left out or anything you guys want to touch on some more? I don't think so. I'm, I'm excited for Bayonetta. I think Metroid Dread. I'm most excited for Metroid Dread, but I think that might just be because it's so soon. I mean, we've got Metroid Dread, Bayonetta, Kirby, uh, I think are the three big games that were shown here. And then obviously, say, like, they're hammering my wallet these past, like, you know, like, I just bought Deathloop, which, you know, was fun. We'll probably talk about that in a minute. I I'm, I had to buy the Outer Wilds Echoes of the I DLC this week. And then next, I'm going to get um, Metroid Dread. And then I think there's another game in October that I really want to play. 
I mean, I'm going to pick up Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon in November. I'll probably get that. And then... Yeah, dude, uh, exactly December, the same Halo Infinite, But Halo Infinite's not going to cost money. Oh, Battlefield. Battlefield yeah, 2022. Battlefield. Yeah, they're just killing me. Like, dude, honestly, there's so many good games coming out right now. Honestly, ex- I feel exactly the same way. Most of the year, nothing really. You know, like, occasionally we've got, like, games that I'm interested in, like Returnal and Ratchet. But most of the time, nothing. Then all of a sudden, like, boom. Like, I, I bought so many games the past couple weeks, and I will be buying more uh, as the year ends. Uh, definitely a good time to play video games. Yeah. And that being said, uh, I think we can get into what we've been playing. So I have five games. So yeah, can we, we can intersperse them? Yeah, like, sure. Can we just jump in on Deathloop? Yeah. I finished it. Have you finished it yet? No, I have like 10 hours into it. I don't know how much or how little that is, but I feel like I'm making meaningful progress. Like yeah. I've already... What's that? I, I couldn't tell you how many hours it took me to beat. It's not very many. It's it's yeah. not a it's not a long game. And my complaint: it is not a replayable game. I don't see myself ever opening this game again. I yeah, uh, hear that the ending sort of kills the vibe. The That's... the ending literally ruined like it didn't ruin the game because like I, I I've been saying that if you call it a ten out of ten, you're delusional, and I stand by that. But the uh, it, it it didn't really lower like it kept doing things that disappointed me. But it didn't like lower itself. It really just cemented itself as a seven or a six and a six point five. Like more and more, the more I played it, the thing that I think is unforgivable is that this is a time loop game with one solution. There is only one way to beat this game. Yeah, and I think they sort of trick you, right? Because like as you're playing the game, you get the feeling that like, oh, maybe I'll be able like to do a Hitman style thing about like grouping visionaries together and finding out cool, unique ways to take them down. And you know, obviously, I'm still in. You know, I haven't finished the game like Connor, but like it seems like it all just leads to one point, and that's very disappointing. It's extremely disappointing, and and like they had the gall to put multiple endings in this game. And a game with really? this much, yeah, a game with this much freedom of creativity and stuff, and you make a decision in the final two minutes that it decides your ending. Like, you, you do better, guys. Like, it would have been better to just not put multiple endings. It was such a, I hate the ending of this game. I think the the entire final day, like that entire playthrough, it's not fun. There's not a single fun moment in it for me. Like, I, I enjoyed exploring the island. I enjoyed doing all this creative stuff. And then you railroad me into this one way. It, it just it's like playing a totally different game. It it really killed it for me. And then I, I you know, I, I like I didn't want it to leave a bad taste in my mouth. So I fired up and played as Juliana for like an hour. And I was like having fun again because like the shooting in this yeah. game is really good. The moment to moment gameplay, discovering the mysteries of the island, pretty fun. But then, yeah, like at the end of the day, none of the mysteries of the island matter because you can just follow a way marker and beat the game. You don't have to do anything. It yeah, sucks. I definitely think, you know, I'm still kind of in, a, in the honeymoon period, right? Like, I definitely think right now I would give this game probably an eight, but I'm assuming the ending will lower that for me. But like, right now I'm having quite a good time, right? Like, I'm tackling the missions at different points in the day and completing different objectives and dealing with Ju- Juliana whenever she invades is always super fun. Like, it always is is like that X factor, right? It's like once yeah. for me at least, once Juliana invades, I'm like that's I drop everything I'm doing and focus on killing her, right? Like I know you some people, to, yeah. like, some people actually keep doing their objectives and then like leave her for for later. But like I, I try to like it's like a spy versus spy type game. So like I'm expecting Juliana 
to be trying to stop me from doing the objective that I'm doing. Because like, you know, once you beat the game, there's not that many objectives to do. So you pretty much know what somebody's going to be trying to do if you see them in a certain area at a certain time. Yeah. So you can try to get ahead of them. And I expected Juliana to do that. And then I try to get one step ahead of that. Like, you know, I'll, I'll look around at some of the good points to snipe me or something from where I'm trying to go. And if I don't see her there, I'll look like, is she at the radio tower? I'll hack the radio tower. And then, you know, once I've hacked the radio tower, like Juliana's screwed. Like she has no idea where you're going to be anymore. You could, you could just leave the map if you wanted to like, yeah, no, I, I it's, it, it, I think the whole like Juliana element elevates this game for me. Uh, it really at, does. Le- at, at least for now, her, like you, you mentioned to me that the, the game's easy difficulty was to its detriment. And that is absolutely true. This game is balanced around having a, a human control. It really is. And I didn't fully realize, like you mentioned, like the game is balanced around having a, a competent Juliana. That was, you said that to me before I actually like played the game to any meaningful extent. That is a hundred percent true. And like the game does become, cause like all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm making noise now to fight Juliana and that draws the NPCs and I have to deal with them and Juliana at once and I have to like escape find somewhere where she can't find me and where the NPCs can't find me and sort of reset the situation it creates some really tense really exciting moments and playing as Juliana too like I love the feeling of like going on the hunt honestly like and actually killing a cult because it's not easy to do and yeah it's not it's much harder as Juliana than it is as Colt and like you have to like you have to like plan things it's like okay I know he'll probably be coming in this way let me maybe put a trip mine here and like let me maybe disguise as this NPC and let me put away my gun so it looks like I actually am an NPC you know while I'm standing around and stuff like little things like that the Juliana elements to this game are excellent like playing as the hunter and then like it, it it's great too because like when you're playing as juliana yes you're the hunter right but like if colt gets the drop on you like the roles are instantly switched right like you have to find a place to hide and colt's hunting you yeah because and you, you only got the one health bar yeah and it's it's a lot more dangerous for juliana and you just have to it's a constant co- game of cat and mouse in which the roles constantly reverse and it's it's a lot of fun yeah no the multiplayer is really fun i do I almost think it's wasted on this game because I see it and I think like, you know, maybe this would be better if like I could just queue up as a Colt and get a random objective and queue up against a Juliana. Like, cause I, I would like to play more of that, but I don't have, I am never going to replay this story. It's not good enough to be worth replaying. See, the, the, the thing for me, at least where I am with Deathloop currently, I feel like if I want to play something like Deathloop, I don't really know where else to go, right? Like Deathloop, yeah. Deathloop is pretty unique. It's a unique yeah. experiment, I think. I agree with that. And I just, it missed the bar in enough places that it wasn't quite. I also think like in the pantheon of time loop games, I would actually place Deathloop extremely low. I think I actually. Yeah, because like the time loop like, is more. Yeah, the time loop is just sort of uh, like there, right? Like it's in the background. It's just to facilitate the gameplay, really. Yeah, I actually think as far as, like, utilizing the death loop, or not the death loop, utilizing the time loop, I would place this game below 12 minutes, and I did not like 12 minutes. Like, I think that this game, the the time loop and everything about it are extremely underutilized. Like, just because there's not enough possibility space, you know? There's a lot of ways to kill... There's a lot of ways to kill the visionaries, right? But it doesn't matter. Because there's only one way to end the game, and that's to kill all of them. And there's only one way to kill all of them. 
So See, I, I firmly, matter. I think if this game was legit Hitman, if this was Hitman yeah, plus the Juliana elements, this would be a 10 out of 10 game. It would be a masterpiece. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I agree wholeheartedly. I think if I was redesigning Deathloop, I, I would definitely take a page out of Hitman's book. I would remove the entire four segments to the day because that takes away so much freedom from you, like to maneuver around the space. I would take that out and just make it an actual time limit because then you've got people actually like making decisions and you're navigating this large Island and you're actually thinking about, you know, instead of your four segments, you're thinking about like, you know, maybe if I use some speed run techniques, I could actually make it from this place to this place in time to kill this person and stuff. And really just remove some of the structure around it because they're really railroading you way too hard in this game. Oh, now I'm just th- like, I'm thinking about Hitman and now I want to play that. Hitman yeah. is just so good, man. Like what a, what, what a series. But yeah, I, I just had to dunk on Deathloop a little cause I was really upset. Yeah. It is weird. Cause like, I feel like our opinions kind of like crossed, you know, right? Like, cause like you were really up on it last episode and I was sort of still getting into it. And now you've kind of experienced the whole thing and now you're more down on it. But now I'm like in the midst of it and really liking it. Yeah. So uh, it it will be interesting to see how my opinion shakes out at the end. But like, unfortunately, I have kind of been I don't know if spoiled is the right word, but, you know, I've read from multiple sources that like, hey, the ending is disappointing because of how linear it is, which yeah, sucks. It, but. It, I, like before I played the ending, I wanted to explore the island more. Because I was like, yeah, you know, the story's pretty good. I'd like to get more of that. And then also, maybe I'll find some secrets that let me, like, discover new ways to kill the guys. And, like, now that it's just the text and stuff to get the story, like, no. Like, I don't... I needed I needed both for it to be worth playing these levels again. And I... The other thing I would say, it'd be cool if you could get some lore as Juliana when you're playing as Juliana. Because, like... Yeah, the only thing you can do is, is like, kill Cold. Yeah. Yeah, you're running around this map looking at things and you're finding stuff, you know, that would be an okay way for me to experience some of this lore too. And you just can't do it. You don't get to. So like you can't even like the text logs that are there, you just can't read them and stuff. So, and I think that was a a miss. I, I, I do get the sense the more I play this game is that like, you know, Arkeen Leon is very good at like the immersive sim genre. Right. And this is their sort of experiment with that genre. And I think, for the most part, I think they were successful in that, like, this, I, I think Deathloop definitely has more eyes on it than any of Arcane Leon's past games. So, yeah. I think, you know, like, hopefully this game does well enough for them to take this idea and really flesh it out, because I think a proper Deathloop sequel with some of the weaknesses short up it could be an easy game of the year contender, I think. Yeah, I agree with that. But, um, yeah, as it is right now, this game doesn't make doesn't make any decent game of the year list, I don't think. It's not a contender. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I will... So Deathloop was one of my games as well. I will go next and then pass it off to someone else. Uh, one of the games I've been playing over the past couple weeks is Death Stranding Director's Cut. <laughs> oh, no. So let me tell you. You know, it's so funny, right? Like, Isn't it just performance boosts? Like, it's it, it, So it it's performance boosts, and they also added an ultra-wide mode. And let me tell you, that ultra wide mode is the way to play this game, hands down. You have an ultra wide TV? Uh, no, I have a regular uh, sixty five inch OLED TV. But here's the thing: 
they call it ultra wide, right? But like even, you know, if you have a normal TV, you can do this. It, it's essentially like a widescreen mode, right? So it puts some like black bars at the top and bottom and like the horizontal field of view is greatly expanded. But here's the thing, you know, like with an OLED TV, the black bars are just like, you know, those pixels are turned off. So it looks completely natural. And uh, it just, the, the environments shine so much in this game and the widescreen makes them shine even more. And it looks gorgeous. I hate black bars are so distracting for me. Yeah, letterbox. That sounds terrible to me. This sounds like a miserable experience. It's fantastic, dude. It's but I I would say probably only if you have an OLED TV, right? Because it's it's literally like it's like those pixels are turned off, right? It's not like any sort of like black light or anything like that. What's that? Isn't that how HDR works? Like any HDR TV is going to turn pixels on and off for black. Mm, I don't. No, if that's I know, true. I know the brightness. Yeah. I anyway, I. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure this is designed like isn't isn't that mode designed to like have your PS5 plugged into an ultra wide monitor? No. Okay. So I shouldn't be call- saying ultra wide, right? Like it, it's called widescreen mode, right? So uh, I'm I'm sure if you have an ultra wide monitor, it's like ideal for that, right? But like yeah. it it's fantastic on a regular TV. I, I'm telling you from first hand experience. It sounds so bad. It yeah. Well, you haven't played it, so well, my opinion's the one that counts here. Okay. <laughs> um. But okay. So the funny thing about Death Stranding is, Kojima makes this weird. Let me let, let me also just say this is one of the weirdest, if not the weirdest, games I've ever played. You've got like weird transdimensional ghost things that are like haunting like empty barren fields, and you make grenades out of your excrement and your shower detritus to fight them. And it's just, and there's babies everywhere and everyone's crying. And like, what is just like, what is happening in this game? You know, it's just so, so weird. And, uh, in, I think this game came out in 2019. Yes. So in 2019, or maybe it was 28. No, it was 2019. So in 2019, this game comes out, right? And everyone's just like, what is this? Why is everyone inside? It's really weird. Like, you know, it's just wide open nothingness. And like, you interact with very few NPCs. And every time you do, it's behind a screen. And it's just like, very strange. Fast forward to post COVID, this game hits in a different way, right? Like everyone's holed up inside. And you can sort of empathize with that now. It's a weird sort of thing, right? Like, it's a weird sort of thing of Kojima eerily predicting kind of like covid taken to its extreme measure where like no one goes outside at all and everyone's interaction is virtual and like and he ups the you know dystopian angle too where like any the only thing people care about are like social media likes and stuff like that and i don't know i just find my experience playing this game after covid to be different which is unique and i kind of wanted to bring that up but yeah, Death Stranding itself, like, this this is such a zen and meditative game, like, it's it's so weird, like, because, like, on days, like, there were certain days in the past week or so where I'm just like, I'm so tired, I really don't feel like playing anything, but then I boot up Death Stranding, and it's just so relaxing, just, and, and, and granted, this game is about a a disgruntled man carrying a bunch of wobbly, unstable boxes across, like extremely hostile terrain and that's pretty much it right but like 
it's just so relaxing to play. It just nails the ambiance so well. Yeah, I've I've kind of wanted like I've been in a mood where I thought that like Death Stranding looked fun, and I've started to buy it. But it's like I feel like Death Stranding is a game I could play for an hour, like when I can't think of anything else to do and just kind of want to zone out for a bit. But it's yeah, not you, an hour long game. It's like an eighty hour long game. Yeah, it? I like, think on PS4 I've clocked in over seventy hours. Right. Yeah. So like, so, I'm not gonna play Death Stranding. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't. I'm not gonna. I, I hope I don't zone out and want to play Death Stranding 80 times, you know? Yeah, it's, and it's weird, too, because, like, Death Stranding, like, it starts off like a Kojima game, right? Like, you're treated to cutscene after cutscene after cutscene, and they're long, and... Yeah, and and that doesn't, have, sound, and like, it, that it's, doesn't it's, sound like the part of Death Stranding I want. The part of yeah. Death Stranding I actually want is the the boring, carrying boxes part. Something about yeah. that sounds really zen to me. But. It is. It is. It's so weird. Like, and I don't know if anyone could really pull that off except for Kojima and his weird tendencies when he makes games but like it's just so satisfying to like just carry things and make deliveries which is the core gameplay in this game right this isn't just like a side activity this is the game right like the whole game is you carry things from point a to point b but the the fascinating thing is like the terrain and the level you know i shouldn't say levels but like the terrain is designed in such a way that like the navigating part is the gameplay, right? You actually have to like plan your routes. You have to like plan what equipment to bring to, you know, if you, you want to bring ropes and ladders and stuff like you actually have to think through all that stuff. It's not just there as like set dressing, like that stuff actually matters. And it turns the simple act of traversal into a gameplay mechanic, which is pretty unique. I think I do have a question when, when the game came out, the world was barren and stuff, but like, can't the community build roads and stuff? Yes. So, so yeah. is the game easier now than it was at launch? Because I always thought like, the farther you get from the game launching, like this game's going to be really easy eventually. So, so it's interesting because I'm not at like the point where like things really open up and like you get roads and stuff. So I can't comment on that yet. But I, what I will say is like, even the sim, uh, even uh, small things like the paths that are trodden, like most often by like most players like dirt roads will start to form on them and then you can like walk on the dirt road and it'll be like less strenuous on you and i'm seeing like a lot more d- dirt roads in convenient locations uh playing through a re-release of this game so already it is slightly easier but i don't know if that's due to the roads or just the fact that i've done this before and i know like to avoid certain areas and like what some of the optimal routes are but okay. I think the answer to your question is yes, that it is a bit easier now. Because, like, you know, it's it's got that weird multiplayer angle to it, too, right? Where, like, you can see other people's structures and give them likes and stuff if they yeah. help you out. And, and, like, I don't know, like, Kojima has such a fascination for likes. But, like, I get it, right? Like, he's trying to get that whole dystopian angle, right? Like, where everyone just covets likes above everything else and nothing else really matters. Um, But, yeah, I don't know, like... I just wanted to bring it up because, like, Death Stranding is so weird, and, like, I've never played a game like it, and it's, and it's, I love it, you know, you either love it or you hate it, and I fall into the love it camp, like, it's, it's, I, I, I didn't, going into the remaster, I wasn't sure if I wanted to drop another, another 70 hours on Death Stranding, but now I kind of want to just beat the whole game again, so, Kojima did something, right? Yeah. 
All right. Uh, I have more stuff, but if someone wants to interject, feel free. Yeah, Mike, All right. I think you should take a turn. All right. Before I before I rant for a long time about Deep Rock Galactic, God, I got to disclose. I want to play Outer Wilds so bad. I, <laughs> I got to disclose that I am in their content creator program now. But God, it's a good game. I, I did a really good game. I didn't think I'd enjoy a co-op game about dwarves in space as much as i do but here i am streaming that game for eight hours a day <laughs> it's really fun it's, i uh i played it for a long time i uh it lasted with my friend group like two or three months i think which is pretty long what's the game about um well your doors you're sent into this these planetary caves and you're told don't die basically Pretty much. Yeah, you, you have these like objective. multiple objectives. Like sometimes you have to like collect eggs, I think, from the bugs. Sometimes you're like mining resources. Sometimes, sometimes you're like trying explorer. to get a pipeline built. Yeah, there's a large chunk of uh, objectives that you can. <laughs> Not and a the, large the variety chunk, of objectives is nice because it is all procedurally generated and it is just like doing these same set of objectives, but in different areas and on different difficulties and like. It does eventually get a little old, but like the gameplay is so solid that like it lasted a really long time for us before we got tired of it. I was it was really fun. I uh some of the things that it really does right that I I don't hear people credit it enough for is that it the ping system in uh Deep Rock Galactic can only like the only competition in the game is Apex Legends. Like the pinging in that game is immaculate. Your communication is rock oh, yeah. solid. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. It, yeah, the pingy stone, system, yeah. the ping system's good. I the community is welcoming because everyone collectively realizes that it's a for fun game, so they don't they don't sweat it out and min max their builds, or at least I haven't noticed. See, I haven't. I didn't play with randoms any, so you've had a good time playing with randoms. Oh yeah, I've had a great time playing with randoms. I played with single player a little bit, and I actually found it like decently enjoyable single player uh yeah. at least for like the initial grind but once i had unlocked like most of my stuff that became less fun it i, I wouldn't say it's the perfect game but it's it's pretty close really I'm See, having, i think it's really good i wouldn't call it the perfect game at all but I, i'm having a blast plus they added modding support so if i really wanted to i could mod the game out I wonder if it has mod support on Game Pass. See, I uh, I think Maybe. they added like an underwater themed zone since I last played that I really wanted to check out. There were there were some cool updates in the pipeline that weren't out last time I played. Yeah, and they keep updating it. Yeah, it's a fun game. It's I it's think, got, it, and the shooting just feels good in it. And like, yeah, it it makes you use your head a little bit because like you have to like you can run out of ammo and you have to spend resources that you found in the world to like call in an ammo drop. And that's really cool. And there's also like this like little pet that you have with you, this little robot that follows you around and that you have to deposit your materials into. And that's really fun for me. I, I really liked that. I thought it was cool. I, I don't like the robot because the robot oftentimes kills me. I've never had the robot kill me. I've had the robot get stuck one time and that made me really mad because it made the level unwinnable. I, I've never had the robot get stuck, but I've had the robot push me into uh, push me into enemy waves. But to be clear, I played like 80 hours of this game and the robot got stuck once. So that's not yeah. real. That's not much, especially this, this. It's a voxel based world. So like you can actually dig out the world and stuff to like make tunnels and stuff. So, yeah, you know, the stuff is going to break occasionally, but not very occasionally. often. The, the game I do, I give it my glowing recommendation. 
Yeah, if you if you have a friend or two to play this with, I can't recommend it enough. If you're jumping in by yourself, I'll take your word for it that it's pretty fun with the community. Yeah, it's it's cross-platform for Game Pass and Xbox One, but not the Steam version. Yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. The Steam that version sucks. is its own uh, matchmaking. Yep. That happened to me. That that got me. I was trying to play it with a friend on Steam, and we realized we couldn't play together, and that bummed me out. But I had two friends on Xbox to play with. Yeah, the next big update for it launches the 4th of November. They really need to just bite the bullet and do full-on crossplay for it. But I think, I you know, will. we are inching closer to a, you know, crossplay, universal yeah. crossplay world, but we're not quite there yet. Yeah, but we need to get there as soon as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's... It's weird being in the content creator program for Deep Rock Galactic because these standards were remarkably low for a content creator program. <laughs> usually, usually content creator programs are like 40 average viewers. This one was just have 100 followers and stream the game twice a month. But the chat, the, uh, the Discord is nice. That's cool. And I do have technically a direct line of dev contact now. Yeah. That's cool. Have you talked to him at all? Like, no, I don't know how no. big this game is. I mean, they they do post more frequently in the Discord than any other dev I've seen. Which is yeah, good to my see. only experience with that is Noita. The devs are pretty active on their Discord, and I've I, I haven't talked to them, but I've seen them talk to the community and stuff, and it's very cool. Yeah, it's nice to see devs interact with their community. I think that's becoming more prevalent, at least for like smaller games, because I know like uh, Disco Elysium had a very active Discord in which the devs like discuss things with the community and like address you know like concerns and bugs and stuff right in the Discord and like they're very transparent there. So that was yeah. That's the that's kind of the future of smaller game devs is even indie devs is interacting with their community through these platforms. Yeah. Because it used to be there'd just be this mystique around an indie dev, and you'd never know what they're doing. And now the expectation is keep keep posting on your Discord. Just join the join the game's Discord, and the dev will often post like, "Yeah, hey, I'm working on this." Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's the future of gaming. Amen, future. You want to go again? Yeah, I'll go again. So um, I finished Psychonauts two, and I wanted to talk about that. So, Psychonauts 2 is a fantastic video game, first and foremost. Let me put that out there. Um, and kind of sounds like I'm gonna, I'm about to say but, but there is no but. It's just, it's just a great video game. Um, I really kind of want to talk about spoilers. So, I guess, spoiler warning for Psychonauts 2. Do you want to do that last? Like, uh, okay, yeah, we can, we can skip. Turn the podcast off, then. Yeah, we can, we, we, we can, we can skip. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh I've also been playing uh Kana Bridge of Spirits. So I don't know if you've heard about this game, Connor, but um PlayStation has been pushing this game a lot uh before launch and uh it came out on PS5, PS4, and PC. And it is a uh third person like action adventure game made by like uh Ember Lab, and this is their first video game, which is very cool. Um, Kana Bridge of Spirits, it's a, about a young girl named Kana, and she is kind of like a spirit guide, right? So she helps, like, the, uh, the, the souls of the dead, like, sort of find peace, right? And it's a really, it's a really neat game. I really, I'm really enjoying it. It's, um, it's heavily inspired by, like, Polynesian culture and, like, music and traditions and stuff like that. 
And uh, I, I really think the devs, like, really took that to heart when designing this game, because, like, the the soundtrack to this game, like, it doesn't really sound like music I've heard before, I guess because I really haven't heard Polynesian music before, but, like, it's full of, like, really interesting-sounding drums and percussion, and it just sounds so good. Like, this might be a contender for, like, soundtrack of the year for me, and, like, the... The music in this game is absolutely phenomenal. But, like, you you explore, like, a forest, right, that is, like, sort of decaying from, like, angry, uh, due to, like, the presence of, like, angry spirits. And, like, you go through the forest and, like, cleanse part of, parts of it and, like, fight these angry spirits and stuff. It's kind of a lot like, you know, like Zelda or Okami, uh, you know, like, sort of like a classic adventure action adventure game that really isn't made anymore really like this this really is sort of a throwback to older this older style of game and i think that's another reason i'm enjoying it so much but it also has like this very light pikmin element to it because you you find these small creatures called the rot uh just like hidden around the world and like once you find one they like follow you around like forever right so like i think i have like uh, i don't know like 40 plus rot right now and like it's really cute because, like, you can find, like, cosmetics for them, like, little hats for them to wear and stuff like that, too. And they, uh, like, augment your powers and they can, like, lift things for you and, like, attack things for you and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it does, like, a really nice job of, like, using the rots to solve puzzles while also augmenting the gameplay. While also having, like, pretty... I mean, I won't, I won't say the gameplay is the best in the world, but it's solid, right? It does the job. Um... You have, like, your staff, and you have, like, a, like, a spirit bow that you get later, and stuff like that, and that's sort of the crux of the combat. But yeah, like, I love just existing in this world. It's, like, so far, I've, I think I've put, like, six or seven hours into the game. It all takes place in this immense forest, and, like, there's villages and, like, farms in the forest, too, and, like, uh, just exploring this game um, with, like... You know, the gorgeous visuals, I should add, like, this game looks phenomenal. And uh, the killer soundtrack, the soundtrack is absolutely gorgeous. And it's just, uh, it's just a really nice experience. I'm really enjoying it a lot. So I just wanted to give that a shout out here. Kana, Bridge of Spirits. Nice. Uh, I'll take my turn now. Okay. I'm going to talk about Outer Wilds, Echoes of the Eye. And I might surprise you with some of the things I have to say. Uh, I like it. It's really good. It is not everything I wanted in an Outer Wilds DLC. I uh, I was really excited to go back to this world, you know? Like, Outer Wilds is this world that you get to live in and learn everything about. And it takes, like, you know, 10 to 15, 20 hours, something like that. And you learn everything about this world. And that makes it a very difficult game to revisit because I already know everything about this world, you know? It, it's not... There's nothing new under the sun, you know? So, quick question. This this is standalone, right? It's not integrated into the main it game? It is integrated, yes. It is? I was perfect. kind of hoping yeah. that maybe they had put a new mystery, like, and it was going to be solar system spanning, you know, where I would be flying around everywhere. It's not really the case. Um, you, so you find if someone were... Sorry, just really quick, but if someone were to presumably pick up this game for the first time, it would be even more enhanced now because this is, like, part of the main game now. It's not integrated into the main story. Like, yeah, you you would... The full game would be available to you all at once, yes. But this mystery is a mostly separate mystery from that of the core game. So, like, okay. 
there there have been a couple of things that like I, I don't I'm trying not to spoil things. There was a twist in the DLC that explained something very upsetting that happened in the main game. But that thing that happened in the main game didn't really need explained. So like the DLC is absolutely optional. You'll have a phenomenal experience playing Outer Wilds without it. And then it also apparently the DLC changes itself a little bit based on how much of the main game you've played because they don't want to tell you the main game story in the DLC location. So they will actually change mm-hmm. some things, which is really smart, I think. But the DLC takes place exclusively in one one place that you go to. You find some hints on your homeworld. You fly up. You, you discover a new area that you could not find before. And then you go to that area and the entire DLC takes place there. So as a result of that, this area is extremely dense and like, you know, things I didn't expect to do in outer wilds. I was not expecting whitewater rafting, like, like little stuff like that. It's really neat. Like there were some fun little things to do. Uh, I wasn't expecting this to be a scary DLC. There is a, uh, a warning when you fire up the game for the first time with the DLC installed that there are, you know, scary bits and you can disable some of them in the settings. And uh, that's nice. Like the the narrative is a lot. It's a, it's haunting. I think I would call it. It's it's sad. There, there's a lot going on to it. It's more Outer Wilds, which I really like, but it does certainly lose some of the magic of the core game because it is all in this one place. Whereas like in Outer Wilds proper, you'll be on the planet Giants Deep and you'll be reading logs about something that happened on the Ember Twin. And you're like, oh, you know, next time I'm on Ember Twin, I'll have to check that out. I got to remember that. And then you fly, or, or maybe you're done on Giants Deep and you're like, well, I know where to go next. I'll fly over to Ember Twin. Or maybe I want to follow up this lead I had on Brittle Hollow. Like you have a ton of options at any given time. And you don't have that. Like you, you pretty much park your ship and don't use it anymore during this DLC, it, which is a shame to me. But other than that, I really like it. Uh, and my review would have kind of ended there if you had asked me before an hour ago, or I guess an hour and a half ago now. Uh, we've been recording a long time. Uh, but this DLC does include a stealth horror section that is abysmal and is terrible. It's just the worst. It doesn't work. It's not a good idea. And it plays terribly. And it... It actually, I will never replay this DLC, I don't think, because I don't think I could ever, like, make myself sit through this section again. It was so frustrating and not fun, and it really soured the experience. <laughs> That's unfortunate to hear. Yeah, I mean, I, I would still, like, if you liked Outer Wilds, I would absolutely recommend this DLC, but it is it is a hard, I would, I would recommend Outer Wilds to anyone, and I... There are a lot of people I would not recommend this DLC to. Unless you really, really like the Outer Wilds, I have a hard time because this it's not like an optional section. It's something you have to play through. And it's like this, you're like carrying this lantern around and all the scary people have lanterns too. And like they see your lantern light and come attack you. So you have to turn your lantern off. But if you turn your lantern off, you're sitting there in pitch black and like you'll be wandering around. Like literally the screen just goes black. You don't see anything. That sounds stressful. And it, it's not, it is stressful. And I think that's good. What's not good is the fact that like you can turn your lantern on and one of these AI things that are just wandering around, it could be literally inches from you. And like, you just turn your lantern on and lose. And that's not fun. It, that, that that happened to me many times. And there's just like, 
you know, the first time it was scary. The second time it was a little scary. The third time I was like, man, I really just wanted to like play the game. You you know, this isn't fun anymore. I want to just get, it stopped being scary and it just turned frustrating, which is a shame because I think the, the haunting, like somber horror aspect of this is really good most of the time. But this section and, and this, there was another stealth section earlier that I thought was really good, but there was a little bit of light to follow, like a tiny bit. And in this one, there was literally nothing and it was miserable and I hated it. And it, it actually, honestly, it, it knocked this like uh, echoes of the eye will not be a game of the year contender for me. 2021. It can't be because this section is just so bad. It brings it down so hard. Plus, you know, it's, it's, it's a DLC, right? It's not a full game. Yeah. But you know me and how I feel about outer wilds. Yeah. This right. game is I like because because really when you're actually exploring the planet, it's immaculate. This is it's so fun. It's like trying not trying not to spoil anything, but it's it's so good. The story runs so deep and it's, it is really where it's just one area. The the amount of content in that one area is extremely dense compared to normal Outer Wilds where you're kind of wandering from place to place. Yeah, it's really good. I, I'm really excited to finish it, but. And you you do, you know, I know it's a time loop game. You do only, you only have to play that section one time. Thank God. <laughs> but, and, and technically you could look up, you could look up the answer and skip that section and miss out on nothing, you know? But that's a shame. Yeah. Very yeah, it's, good it, game. It, it's, it's, it's interesting because like, you know, by, by all accounts, Outer Wilds is a masterpiece from everything I've heard, including, you know, obviously your testament. Yeah. But like, it's interesting when you have a masterpiece and you try to add on to it, you know, like, I'm sure they must have realized that that section wasn't quite coming together. It might have been just better to cut it entirely. That's just, exactly what I would do. I would have cut yeah. it entirely. I would have I would have replaced. I would have replaced the mechanical side of it completely. The actual area it takes place and is fine. And like. You could have had the guys wandering around and be scary, but them them actually catching you and stuff is not fun. Uh, it was mm-hmm. it was very not fun. But you you know the stuff you learn, and, and that's the worst part is that the stuff you learn at the end of it, mm, mwah, the narrative. Oh my god, it's so soul crushing. It's so good. So soul crushingly good. Yeah, it's well, it's a. I mean, Outer Wilds, there, you, I mean, the, you know, the original narrative, you're, you're reading about an extinct species, you know, there, there are sad moments in Outer Wilds and they're extremely good. Yeah. It's anyway, I'm going to, I'm going to quit ranting about it. It's the DLC is extremely good. If you like Outer Wilds, that one section of the DLC is extraordinarily bad and you will know it when you see it. It's, it's rough. Okay. Good to know. All right, so does anyone have any other things? Because I have two more. I'll try to get through them quick. Two more, including Psychonauts? No. Uh, well, yeah, just two more. Okay. Um, okay, so first of all, I just want to say, so I've been playing a lot of video games these past two weeks, more than I have, you know, probably the rest of this year, right? Like, I haven't been playing too much this year overall, but like, lately, you know, a lot of stuff been coming out. Playing it, playing Death Loop, Death Stranding, Kana, Bridge of Spirits, Psychonauts 2. But sometimes you just hear the call. And when you hear the call, you gotta answer. God, I hope it's not Maple Story. And of course, I'm talking about Maple Story. God, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> all right, so in the midst of all of this, 
my, you know, bi-yearly, or maybe I should say like tri-yearly <laughs> urge kicked in to play MapleStory. So I dropped everything oh, I was God. doing and just played MapleStory like a lot. God, can I level with you, Amid? Yeah. It's been hitting me too. I haven't played it, but I've been playing the music while I work. See, you know, like, it's not just me. I'm not yeah. the crazy one. But yeah, no, I've been playing MapleStory. Uh, you know what? Like, obviously, like, we've talked about this before. Old school MapleStory is a very, very, very special experience that does not exist anymore unless you, like, dig through, like, older versions of the game. Yeah, it's really sad. But, like, I've come to fully appreciate modern MapleStory for what it is. You Especially- should. Did you try MapleStory? Uh, the the mobile maple story no no it's actually so you didn't hear it from me but as a game it, it kind of plays itself in large part and uh like it has auto questing like you can just hit auto quest and your character will run from place to place and collect the <laughs> items for you and as something that i can just leave running on my phone and kind of experience maple story while i work or like while i'm you know while i'm doing whatever i'm doing with my day mm-hmm. it's kind of kind of great like Some of the options aren't there. Like you can't, you don't start as a beginner and then choose your class as you play and stuff, which I really liked about OG MapleStory. But I think MapleStory, and it is an actual multiplayer, like it's an actual MMO. Like the community's there and stuff, and there are actual things to do that require player input. But the the grinding, the game will grind itself, and it also gives you an hour a day of auto grinding of just killing enemies. You don't have to do anything. The game will just play itself for an hour. Yeah. But yeah, like, you know, MapleStory is full to the brim with, like, all these new character classes and, like, OP new things. And I took a look at all that when I, when I logged back in. I was just like, you know what? I want to keep it simple. I made myself a pirate. I made myself a, uh, a gunslinger. And I just, you know, shot some, some, uh, shot some, some pigs, mushrooms some and mushrooms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen to and the like, absolute. They didn't have to go that hard on that soundtrack. They did not have to. That is like a goat tier soundtrack, and I will it fight is. anyone who disagrees with Yeah. There are. N- I can't think of any games that soundtrack other than Outer Wilds that affect me the way MapleStory does. Yeah. Too bad the rest of the game is flaming garbage, but. <laughs> oh my God, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I like the art. I think the art's good. Yeah, the, the art's good. But, but okay, and so the here's old the world design. Like the old yeah. world is interesting. I mean, current MapleStory is flaming garbage. Yeah. But yeah, I, I took this, this humble little pirate. And I leveled him all the way to 130. Oh my god. What did <laughs> and, that take uh, you? Six hours? I guess. Yeah, like a few hours. Like it wasn't yeah. anything at all. And then, then I made uh, another character. Oh my god! Uh, 130 the max? No, 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 no. no. Okay. It's just, so. it just started getting kind of slow. And like, I already had like my fourth job skills. And I was just like, well, the, the luster has worn off. So. Yeah. Uh, and then I made an uh, Evan, which is a dragon tamer character. And, uh, you know, my, I think I'm like level 70 right now or whatever. My dragon's gotten pretty big, pretty oh, cool. You're still playing? <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I'm still into it. Yeah, it's weird when I have like all these other really good games that yeah, I'm I playing. I know, you have these masterpieces sitting on your shelf. <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, MapleStory though. You played MapleStory instead of Outer Wilds. <laughs> hey, okay, Outer Wilds is one of those things that I'll get to one day. You know, it's, it's, I know it's going to be great, right? And I don't have your previous experience, so I have no, like, urgency to play it. But, like, yeah. I, I, I know it's going to be great whenever I finally get to it. But yeah. MapleStory, dude. Yeah. 
But yeah, like, uh, I mean, I wasn't doing anything crazy, like just doing the mindless grinding, all the leveling up and stuff, seeing the numbers go up. You know yeah, how it is. Yeah, you play MapleStory in the most boring way possible, too. Yeah, it's it's like a therapeutic thing, honestly. Like, it was yeah. just like, yeah, I'm just going to shut my brain off, have like always sunny on in the background and play MapleStory. And it was great. And I'd do it again. <laughs> okay, so I've been playing MapleStory. Uh, who knows how long that'll last? Probably not much longer. These these uh, things come and go. But um, last game, Psychonauts 2. So I finally beat it. Um, let, let me think here. And I think the ending, to, to talk about the ending, like you have to talk about spoilers a bit. So yeah. spoiler warning here for Psychonauts 2. Um, so I'm very glad that, and I think it had to go this way, right? Like just in terms of basic storytelling, but I'm very glad that in a way, Maligula turned out to be his grandmother and like the whole like twist with Ford Crawler at the end, like not necessarily being the hero he's been revered for, uh, sort of a war criminal, honestly. Yeah. And uh, let me just say that Grulovia song has been stuck in my head for <laughs> days. For I thought days. That, I did not expect the Nick John Smith being the villain twist. I thought that was so yeah, good. So Nick from the mailroom was actually the secret heir to Grulovia, the Grulovian Empire. Which uh, is certainly a twist. You know what's interesting, Zanato. You know, like, when, you know, I, I, I'm so lost. What's going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be okay, Mike. Maplestory, um, and I tuned out. Where are we? We're talking about Psychonauts too. Okay. So, uh, you know, uh, Connor, when I when when you meet Zanato earlier on in the game, I'm like, I could tell something was off with him. Like right yeah, off the bat. Yeah. When he I was when just he like. like tries to get you to get Ford Cruller in. I was like, like, you don't, yeah. this isn't how y- the adults in this game have been treating children normally. So something is off with you. You're probably the mole. And yeah. in a way that's right. Right. But like, it's only half the story. Right. Cause like in reality it was, uh, Nick's well, not Nick, but like Grulovian guys brain in Zanato's body. So, yeah. uh, cool twist there. And, um, I really like that, you know, like, obviously, Raz's grandmother wasn't his actual grandmother, but, like, someone who was tricked into believing she was their grandmother by Ford, which is another, like, very sort of despicable thing that Ford did, and it really sort of makes sense, you know, like, why Ford's mind has been in tatters for two games now, right? Because, like, he's done some evil, evil stuff, right? Like, and he can't really live with himself, and that's why, like, he he sort of just broke, you know, which is which is a really good story in and of itself. But um, but yeah, like I, I really like how the ending tied together the whole like, you know, Psychonauts traitor subplot as well as like the whole Raz's family stuff. Like everything came together so neatly, so neatly, in fact, that I feel like if they wanted to end the Psychonauts story here, I feel like they could. Yeah, right. but I hope they don't. They, they, it really does feel like an end because, like, the first game, you know, obviously I didn't play it, but like I know about it. The first game ended on a cliffhanger, right? Like they were getting on the plane to go, yeah, which was cruel. Yeah. So, and then that cliffhanger lasted for like fifteen years. Fifteen years, yeah. Yeah. And then, but this game, it ties everything up. Am I am I wrong about that, Connor? Like it, it really, it seems like it. You know, ties yeah, up. It, it leaves room for more adventures, but it does tie up every loose yeah, I mean, end. Obviously, have. this world is so rich, like, it can go in any number of directions, but in terms of, like, existing storylines, it's tied everything up, I think. Yeah. Uh, very neatly, I might add. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the way the way Raz's relationship with his family changes throughout the game is incredible. Yeah. The, the way... Did you talk to Raz's dad after beating the game? No, I did not. I should have. Oh, 
you you need to go do that because it's like I you know his yeah. his mom isn't his, like his dad was broken at the end of the game right because like the yeah. memories come back and he realizes like this yeah. woman is not his mother but his his aunt right like he was his and, aunt and his aunt killed his mother like yeah 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 not very yeah, uh, not really heavy heavy stuff, stuff for a kids game right yeah well Psychonauts Psychonauts isn't really a kids game yeah but it's like rated E right. Is it? It might, it might be, be 10 or something. I mean, yeah. Sasha's out smoking cigarettes. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah true. Not, yeah, it's not. It has adult humor for sure. Yeah, and I yeah, and I do like how Lily, you know, played more of a role at the end, and like the interns came in at the end, the very end, right in your last fight against Maligula. But like again, you know, like you said, they are kind of underutilized, which kind of sucks. But I feel like you know. All of those characters, those interns are so interesting. Like, for, I would say most of them are so interesting. I feel like the next game can really expand upon them if they cho- chose to go in that direction. But, um, yeah, dude, that that Krulovia jingle, I tell you what, that was... I, I still hear it in my head. It's, like, so catchy. Yeah. It was so, like, wartime-y and propaganda-y. And, like, it, for some reason, it's just stuck in my head and i can't get it out yeah um no, but yeah I've like, the whole, like a lot of people really like the the world inside nick's brain yeah yeah like the whole like uh ride throughout like the grulovian thing and like you saw the history play out like from their side and it was it was fascinating dude like i did not expect this from a psychonauts game did you know, did you know that jack black plays the sci master you told me that uh yeah yeah <laughs> that changes that whole scene for me that's so cool yeah yeah it's a good game yeah it's it's a fantastic game um yeah i think uh it, i definitely think that uh psychonauts 3 if and when it happens like they're working with a clean slate now which is really cool and i didn't think i would ever be so invested in the story of a psychonauts game right like i went into this thinking of like a like i would get some solid platforming and clever level design and i got that right like the levels were way beyond anything i ever expected but more than that i really got sucked into the story like i i care about these characters a lot and i'm i'm eager to see where they go from here uh and that is it for me uh and i think that's it for us here at game talk thank you guys for listening you can follow us on twitter at podcast game talk you can like rate and review us on any podcast service you use including apple podcast spotify soundcloud etc Click the link in the description of this podcast to join our Discord and talk to us there. Thank you, Connor and Mike. Yeah, see you guys next week. See you next week. Bye. All right, you did good, Craig. I'm proud of you.